0: Welcome to ION Franchising. Are you looking for business opportunities? Well, you are in the right place. We represent over 650 franchises and business opportunities. We will help you find your perfect franchise for free. We even have a free assessment on our website that will help us determine what the best business is for you based on your investment level, mindset, skill set, and life experiences. This is Ion Franchising, where we share our vision for your franchise future. I'm your host, Lance Growler. Each week, we will speak to fascinating folks from the world of franchising, franchisors and founders, franchise funders and franchisees. Are you looking to find your perfect franchise? Or perhaps you are an independent business owner looking to grow and scale your business by setting up a franchise. Either way, our team can help you. Ion Franchising, where you will learn the A to Z's of franchising. Hello and welcome back everyone to another fabulous episode of Ion Franchising. I am your host, Lance Growlick. Of course, you knew that. Today we have a hot new franchise, not a surprise, inspired by hip-hop culture and graffiti. Let's talk about, uh, let me give you a couple of hints. Purple Haze, Doodle pink elephant and black velvet. Yes, those are all within this concept. And yes, those are all cookies. This is a major cookie dough disruptor. You want to make some dough. This is a good franchise cookie plug. And I want to welcome to the show, Eric Martinez, the founder of the brand. Welcome, Eric.
1: Hello. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you uh, for wanting to hear about my brand. I'm always honored anytime someone wants to talk to me about it.
0: Uh, Well, you know, Eric, we all want to talk about cookies and making making some cookie dough and making some dough altogether. So let's uh, let's start with the distant past. Uh, how did this whole thing come about? How'd you get in the world of franchising and and how did it become cookies?
1: Well, I feel like I've been an entrepreneur at at heart my entire life because I was pretty much a bad employee at corporate America. <laughs> uh, re- re- really bad because um, I asked too many questions. I wanted to do things differently and corporate America and, and I have really high standards. I, I, I like to push people to be better and unfortunately in the current temperature society that's not that's not uh, that's not uh, encouraged as much as it used to be. So I realized real fast that if I wanted to be anything um, I had to work for myself. I probably would have made I mean I worked for for Target, Amazon, Kohl's. Um, I realized that just my personality in general um, that probably would have held me back I probably would have made middle level management at best because uh, like Target had this thing uh, where it's be Target right and they had 10 different leadership expectations and they wanted you to constantly be working on how to be come those 10 things and I realized like hey you know what I can't I can't be great being Target I can only be great being Eric so at that time it was the cupcake uh, cake decorating boom you know with like a cake boss and cupcake wars my wife she worked at there was one in where she grew up at in the city she grew up at and she'd go over there to work with her mom a couple of days after her regular job make a few extra bucks and since I feel like I've been a retailer my, my entire life as well I started asking questions like hey what, what type of business does this does this cake supply store do and she told me and I was like so then I want to go went to go look at it and I said they do that business out of this place so like, if you know about cake decorating stores, um, it looks like uh, they put things on the shelf, they shake up the store and then they open the doors and then people come in and buy all these <laughs> cake. So I was like, you know what? I think we could do it better. So um, we opened a, a cake store called um, the Cake Walk back in 2012 um, in Redlands, California. And over the next six years, we opened up one every year for um, for six years. So I felt like, you know what? I'm doing pretty good, right? Like, but at the same time, Cakes weren't really my thing. It's, I grew up in the in the in the 90s listening to hip hop, and I was like, here I am doing cakes, and the, <laughs> the cakes were really successful. But I'm like, we got to do something better, something more for myself. Fortunately, I was able to travel around to visit different cake stores, different cake conventions, and every time I just go try cookies. There's this one in particular in London called Ben's Cookies, and they had like this 300 square foot storefront that. Uh, you couldn't even walk in there just selling the cookies right out the front door in London at London. Wow. I was like, it's pretty cool. Um, I, So I got in line, they had a line probably about 15 people deep. I've got some cookies and I'm like, Oh, these are all right. So then I just tried different cookie shops and I was like, no one really makes it a cookie that, that I liked. And since I was in the cake and candy supply business, I had all the ingredients. Um, So I started making some cookies uh, customers would come in, my employees would come in. We'd have throwdowns of who made the best cookies. I always win. <laughs> Sometimes the customers would get mad and be like, "Oh, you cheated!" Or the employees would be like, oh, "I quit," <laughs> because they, they didn't want to so lose. It,
0: it it got pretty rough in these competitions, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. full on Bobby Flay throwdowns. I knew I wanted to do that, but then when I looked at the landscape, I was like, "There's nothing cool about any cookie shop out there. They're all they all just kind of blend in." Gotcha. So. I was like, you know what, let's uh, let's put a gangster twist to it. Um, Since, like I said, I grew up in the 90s listening. I the, My first CD, I ordered it from the Columbia house where you get 10 CDs for a penny and you're supposed to pay later. I don't think I ever paid, but I got the CDs, popped it in. My mom was like, what are you listening to? But, <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's, and the plug, right? So we got cookie plug and plug is a, is a, is a relatively new word that's really in with the, with the young crowd. So I was like, cookie plug. We tried to like cookie connect and cookie uh, cartel and things like that. But we're like all <laughs> um, so uh, we were like, let's just throw some graffiti on the walls, um, play some hip hop music and see what happens. We opened the first one connected to our cake store in Riverside in May of 2019. It was just a little, it was literally uh, six by 10. So 60 square feet. And uh, we just started selling cookies. We opened the day before mother's day. I think we did like $200 and I was like, oh, okay. And at that time our cookies were, they were probably like six inches and they were real thin. And so next day was mother's day and nobody came in and like, okay, well, let's just stick to it. And slowly, I mean, when we opened the first one, we were barely doing like four or $500 days. If we did $700, I know that was nice. And then in my hometown of Redlands in November of 19, I came across a little 600 square foot uh, building that was uh, downtown. And it was thirteen hundred bucks a month, so I am like, "Hey, let's just see what happens. Let's open our second one." So I was like, "I can't go wrong here." So um, we opened it, and at that point, it just it just caught viral, went viral. Like we had lines out the doors at both locations. And what, what
0: what what do you think caused it to go viral? Obviously, the fact that you did things differently, you certainly had a unique decor. But what do you what do you think really sparked it?
1: Yeah, so I think I think we're just so different from any of the other any other cookies out there on the landscape we made it more fun like it's it's more of a of a, an experience when you come into the cookie plug it's not like a lot of the other ones we walk in and it's a white wall with with a black writing or a white wall with teal writing or whatever whatever it is they do that, that just makes it so so boring right like yesterday on, on LinkedIn I was like great brands aren't for everybody and and I truly believe that like I just, the the cookie plug needs to be the cookie plug. And that's why it works. Right. Like, so it's, it's polarizing to some because, uh, they, 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 they think they're like, Oh, well, promoting hip hop, some of the names are connected to the cannabis industry. Well, why, why are you the purple drink? Right. Um, so so that upsets some people. And, and I realized a long, a long time ago that if you try to make everybody happy, you're going to end up making nobody happy. Absolutely. Um, I got it. Uh, dm and instagram the other day like hey i walked in and there was explicit language on some of the some of the music and i said hey you know what i appreciate your feedback i definitely appreciate you coming check us out but um this is who we are um this is what the friend we have an option for the franchisees to play explicit or not and they chose to go with the explicit and we're going to stay true to who we are once again i appreciate you for coming in and she actually wrote back and she's like i i respect where you're coming from on that yeah right so, i love it you now in society everyone is so worried about being canceled that they just bend they get bent over by everybody every time they get a little complaint. And that's not who I am and that's not who the cookie plug brand is. Um I joke around all the time when someone's mad, I'm like, well, hey, go ahead and cancel us, right? Like, off that free promotion. Like yeah. tell all your friends about how terrible the cookie plug is. <laughs> they get about music and because we have a cookie called Purple Haze. Like if that if that if that's the biggest thing that you're that you're mad about, like one, your life isn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, and two, exactly. if you want to tell your friends about, about us because of that, then, then, then I welcome that. Thank you.
0: So, so wait, Eric, I gotta, I gotta take you back to something you said earlier. What really like you got into cakes and then you got into cookies. Cause you saw it as an opportunity. What was your baking experience through this whole process? How did none, none. you just figured it out on your own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not culinary trained. Um, so here's the thing, right? So I tell people all the time with, uh, with the cakes, right? Like I didn't know anything about it, but getting into it when I got into it, but you have to honor your craft. So can I tell people how to bake a cake? Yes. Can I tell people how to decorate cakes? Yes. Can I tell people how to make um, French macarons? Yes. I had to learn those things through the process because you got to honor your craft, right? Yeah. So can I pick up on things on how to mix ingredients and how to do things. Sure. Now, when we came up with the, with the cookies, like how they end up now with four inches and they're like four inch wide by one inch thick. That was just me, like we got to be different, right? like I want it to be I don't want anyone like you, you see the lawsuits with the other ones where they're suing each other because they say they're copying each other, and I always joke around because I'm like, no one could say we copied anything about them.
0: <laughs> I love it
1: we copied them so that 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 was just my thing and 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 kind of what I mentioned is the the polarizing effect I think is just is is what makes it is what makes it work yeah um and and you saw like how the Super Bowl was so big. Um, last year with, with Snoop Dogg and Dr Dre and all them, right? Yep. Like that, that's uh,
0: old school. Old like, school rappers you don't see together often anymore. Yeah.
1: So whether people come out and say right away that they're down with it, like you, this all by the response of the Super Bowl, like how many people love the culture? Yep. I mean, look,
0: you know, Eric, I I've been an experienced franchisee and and helped on advisory councils and. You know I, I love I love what you're doing, you know, because at the end of the day, whether you're doesn't matter what brand McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A's had its share of controversies, as you know, you know, stick to who you are. If that's what you believe, you're not going to appeal to everybody no matter what, and you might appeal to more people because of what you are doing and And obviously, I can't believe you have twenty three corporate locations. Is that yeah. correct?
1: Yeah, so I can tell you that. So like I said, we opened the first one in May of 19. We opened the second one in November of 19. Um, and then we opened the third one in February of 2020. And then as you know, in March of 2020, the pandemic hit. And when everyone was pulling back, I was like, oh, now's the time. we got to push forward. Yep. So that was the time. So from May of 2020, the last two weeks of May of 2020 until the end of June of 2020, we opened one location every week. So we did six locations in six weeks. And then uh, we opened up uh, three more at the end of the year. So at the end of the first year, we 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 had a uh, 12. And then in 2021, we opened another 10. And then that's awesome. In uh, January of 2022, this year was our last corporate store that we opened, and that was in Miramar. And so since then, now uh, we've uh, we've uh, opened the four franchise locations, have four more scheduled to open in December, and then uh, we've sold. I, I don't even. I don't even really keep track of it anymore. It's 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 in the mid
0: 100s, I think. It's great when you can't count. So right. over well over 100 locations sold and in develop in some phase of development, looking for locations, right. what have you. Let me let me take you a little bit back. So where did franchising? How did that all come about? Because you know you're building corporate locations. At some point, you thought about franchising. How did this come about?
1: Yeah. So. <clears throat> When we got hot, right, everyone started asking, like, oh, is this a franchise? Is this a franchise? And I'm like, no, this is just my corporate stores. And I never really thought about it. And and I guess I kind of had that ego where I was like, I don't want to let anyone else do this. It's is just my thing. And I probably do it better than anyone. So I I, I, I wanted to hold on to it, right? But then so I was like, well, maybe we could license. And we looked at that angle. And then um, I bet Chris and Chris was like, hey, we could this actually let me explain to you what how it actually goes. And. So the thing with franchising that I wasn't expecting is that I was really fulfilled opening my corporate stores. Like I felt really accomplished. Like I was proud of that, but like Connie, our first franchisee she was a check cashing manager in Vegas and watching her and helping her build a location and now watching her be able to accomplish the things that she wants to accomplish. Yeah. Like that's fulfilling for me at a whole nother level that I wasn't expecting. So now I'm like, I don't want to open any more corporate locations. I just want to help other people win. Um, So So let's
0: wait, let's talk a little bit about Connie. So, you know, some of the hardest things for people like yourself is, okay, you know, you open some corporate stores, you're successful, which is amazing. And it's a perfect sort of runway or template to launch a franchise system. But then you start to involve other people, they're putting their hard earned money into the brand. And, you know, you got, you have to make sure you pick the right people in the first place. Yeah. You don't want it to, you don't want it to be like a bad marriage, you know? So how did you, how did you find Connie? I mean, cause the first franchisee is it's like the first baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Connie, she, she loved the brand. Right. And now in retrospect, do I, do I feel like she probably would have been qualified for for where we're at now? Probably not like, um, but right. I'm glad that she's a part of it and, and I wouldn't have had any other way. Were things a little more challenging with someone that was inexperienced as her, sure. Right. But that's also the fulfilling side of helping someone come from here and getting over there. So yeah, Connie, Connie's been a great, she's a, she's a huge advocate for the brand. And then Love watching, it. watching her just watching her win and, and learn things as she goes, right? And and then watching her stumble and then and then learn from it and then make the adjustments. Those are the things that, that that are really cool, right? To to, to me Love to watch it. And now we have like these guys here, that Acai Express, that they bought the entire island of Puerto Rico and then watching them operate and
0: so- share, share a little bit about that for the listeners out there. Eric is actually in Puerto Rico right now in the office of Acai Express, which is another franchise system. And they are franchisees of cookie plugs. So Eric's visiting them there right now. You know, the entrepreneur that he is. I'm sorry you had to go to Puerto Rico. It's just terrible. <laughs> 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 I love Puerto Rico.
1: My mom's Puerto Rican. So I always say like I manifested this because in our stores, we have some Puerto Rican imagery of the cookie frog. And they just came out in California because I guess they were looking for a cookie brand. And they met us and they, they walked into our conference room and there was the big Puerto Rican flag with a cookie. And I was like, how could you not? Right.
0: It was meant to be.
1: Yeah. So they, they just uh, leased a couple of cases out here. So I told them, hey, I'd come out and check it out help them with some of the design and, and how to set up their store and then kind of talk through. Cause like in Puerto Rico, there's like a big uh, trailer type container type.
0: Yeah. Um, unit. Shipping shipping containers.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we kind of wanted to see that and then just kind of see if that would work for us. And the drive-thrus are real big on those. So it's been a great experience, like seeing how they operate a lot, a lot we can learn from. I mean, I'm I'm going to take more away from here. That they gave to me probably the one I gave to them because they just have so much experience because I think they've been they've been uh, I think they started in 2013 and they've been franchising for a little bit longer than us. So but
0: you know what Eric you, you hit on something important that a lot of people don't realize it's a lot of people that I talk to that say well I don't need a franchise I can do it on my own. And I look at them and I smile because I've done it both ways and I say well there's a lot of time and a lot of mistakes and a lot of money that you have to invest. In figuring it out on your own. So if you want to find that that blueprint that's right for you, uh, just like the guys at Asai Express did, you know, it's it's a shortcut to success.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, right? Like keep you if I keep you from bumping your head up against the wall, then then I would lo- love to be able to do that. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, any good any good franchisees is a strong entrepreneur, which also makes them stubborn, and they also think they know everything, just like um, I think I know most things. And so uh, those are, those are always good conversations to have to get, to get involved yeah. with. Right. Cause um, iron sharpens iron. Right. So that's it. I love having, I love having those conversations of being like, cause, cause we, we have a bunch of other experienced franchisees and then they're like, Oh, well, why don't you do it this way? And I'm like, well, well, cause we've done it this way. And I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong, but uh, my thing with, with my staff and everyone too, is if you're going to give me an idea like that can't become my idea because I have thousands of other things going on. So if you have an idea then show me, and then if you, if, it, if you can execute on it, then yeah, let's, let's move forward. Yeah. Right. So,
0: but you know yeah. what, Eric, as your franchise system matures and you have talented franchisees and talented team members, you guys will continue to evolve your system. It happens yeah. all the time because you're, you're a smart guy. Collaboration is the key. And you don't, you don't have every last original idea. You had a lot of great ones, which got you to this point. But that's the beauty of the franchise system. Let's talk about who you're looking for today as a franchisee. You got hundreds of locations that are opening soon. So you've already had an amazing amount of success. People are seeing and obviously tasting the success of Cookie Plug who are you looking for? How much, how much is an average location to open and who are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So I think that's um what definitely gives us the edge over a lot of the other ones is, is, is our initial investment is quite lower. Like Connie, she only put in 75,000 and she got her location open. Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: What's, what was her square footage roughly?
1: Uh, She, she has uh, 1100 square feet. We're really aggressive with her, with her, with her negotiations. Like she got a six months of beta rent. So she, by the time she starts paying rent, she's already going to recoup all of her, all of her investment. Love it. Which is awesome. And and I think that's what led to, to our um, success. in when we started is we just took the money from one and put it in the next and took the money from one. And um, we never took any, we never had to take any money from anybody. We just reinvested what we had. And um, and I think that's what a lot of people um, these days uh, struggle with is the delayed gratification. Like I just, I'm good with uh, taking less now to make a whole lot later. And that, that was kind of the strategy that we did with um, when we were standing out cookie we but we're like, let's just reinvest it all. And yeah, um eventually pay, pay, pay off.
0: Yeah. There are, there are other franchises to your point. There are other franchises. You're not going to open it for less than 350,000. Right. Maybe even yeah. 500.
1: Yeah. And then that's kind of the conversation I was just having with these guys because um, we are looking at different uh, counter finishes and things like that. And I'm like, I'm, my challenge to, to any of the franchisees, I'm like, one, do you think it's gonna, is it gonna make a difference? Like, is it gonna result in in additional sales to to spend twenty thousand on the counter, or to spend versus spending five thousand on the counter? And two, I would never ask a franchisee to spend dollars that I wouldn't spend myself. So, is are there some elements of cookie plug stores that maybe aren't as refined? polished um so far sure right and but I I think that's also is kind of the cookie plugin in in general right it's it's not the brand in general isn't isn't as polished like when we first started Chris and Chris was like hey I think we should uh tune down the 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 Instagram a little bit and um and after about two months of that I was like our Instagram sucks (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's terrible now I'm like, we need to go back to what to what we're doing, um, because that's what that's what works, right? right. And and this thing was like, well, franchisees don't like it. I said, Yeah, but the people that buy the cookies do like it. So if I can't if we're not appealing to the people that buy the cookies, we're not gonna have any franchisees anyways. Yeah. So we need to stay true to who we are, and and this continued to to march to the beat of our own drummer. And and you know what, I've always believed that like if you stay consistent, if you're good enough. Like your tribe will find you, right? Like, yep. Right people will come um and the wrong people will uh might take a look and then they'll go and and, and that's fine, right? Like I've never been offended by anyone that said anything about the Coogee program. Like there's nothing anyone could say where I'd be like, oh shoot.
0: <sighs> yeah. I
1: can't sleep tonight. Right. Like I'm just like, all right, this is not for you. It'll be for someone else, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell everybody who Chris is, because you mentioned Chris a couple of times. We didn't talk about who he is.
1: Yeah, so Chris, um Chris Wyland, he's uh he's he's been in the franchise business for about twenty years. He's he's he handled all the development of of the sales of the franchisees as he uh moved on from uh roll 'em up. He was a chief development officer at roll 'em up, and so he took on the position of CEO at uh with the cookie plug and he's he's focusing on cookie plug now full time. And and we we've, we've definitely seen uh the results and and sales just kind of take yeah. off with we're not kind of now that he's no longer splitting time between the two brands.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Chris is a great guy. So, in the process, you'll obviously, if somebody's interested in a franchise, they're going to talk to you. They're going to talk to Chris. Uh, is there a process where you have to force feed them all the cookies to make sure they like them? What do you do?
1: Yes. I think the typical name is Discovery Day. Yes. Change it to uh, Initiation Day. <laughs> with, the, with the, with the, with the brand. So yeah, they, they come out, they try the cookies, they tour our stores and, and uh, they just really get the whole, the whole vibe. And I like to meet with all the franchisees because um I want people to know who I am um because obviously like I'm part of the deal. So if you don't like me, then you should probably not sign up, but if you do, let's go. Right.
0: Big, big daddy, the, the franchisor, Eric himself. So uh you obviously make money, at a cookie plug and you signed up all these franchisees. So uh, I, I would venture to bet when people see the low cost and everybody knows there's great profitability in selling a cookie, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that is something people are quite happy with. They're making some
1: dough. Yeah, we've uh, we've made it so easy. Like uh, we we have centralized production. So, which definitely reduced the cost of the equipment that's even in the store which also gives us more consistency across all of our cookies at all the locations um, nationwide. So we've, we've made it um, super easy. Plus we've uh, I mean, we have 17 cookies. We have 12, 12 flavors that are available every day. Um, plus we have one secret stash, which is available for a month. Like this month, it's called snow white, um, which is a cranberry pecan cookie. Um, and then we have four keto cookies.
0: Got to do your keto, And then we
1: but have,
0: no, but no cannabis, right? No, you're not doing any of that. No, no, no. So I just want to make that clear to everybody out there.
1: Yeah, correct. Although some of the names might infer it, it's not. It's all just for fun. Um,
0: Family friendly.
1: Yeah, 100%. We say 100% kid friendly and mom approved. Got so, it,
0: got it. Yeah, yeah. So where are some of the hot areas that might have surprised you? I know you can lose track easily because you've sold so many franchises, but where are some of the hot areas you surprised you haven't sold yet? Give me one or two areas.
1: Atlanta. Like, in this this brand's going to kill Atlanta because hip-hop is Atlanta's culture. Houston, uh, those are two that i like, I would not sold there yet. They would kill there. So I think there's a couple of deals that might be coming up, but um, nothing nothing concrete. But um, we just did some in in Miami. So it's going to be great there. Like, obviously, the, the culture in Puerto Rico, like, it's going to kill here. Love um, it. But uh, But, I mean, Atlanta and Houston, like, it, someone got to get get on board with those ones
0: so what's what's the goal in the next few years how many locations open
1: that's that's always an interesting question because when i opened my cake stores and we we're looking for the second location uh my realtor was like hey how many of these do you want to open i said hey maybe just five and then i feel like i could ride off into the sunset right so looking back right like that was such a low bar that i had set for myself right so like i don't want to I don't want to set a number. I just want to see how far we can go if we just do our very best, like our real best every day, like everyone on my team. Yeah. So wherever that takes us, right? And people are like, oh, do you want to, uh, are you trying to compete with, uh, with Crumble and do thousands? I'm like, I ain't trying to compete with Crumble. I'm trying to compete with General Mills, right? Like I don't, <laughs> that's how big I want to be, right? Like I, I don't want to, I, I'm looking so far out that's like, how, how can we just be what's most important to me? And, and, and kind of what you mentioned earlier is we're going to be an authentic brand. And I think the, the U S and society right now is wanting to see more authentic brands right now. everyone, just, all the brands are just, just trying to blend in, not make any waves just, and, and they lost that authenticity.
0: They're homogenized.
1: Like, yeah. 100%. I think people are, are hungry to support Authentic brands, and, and I think we'll yeah. start seeing the shift in in our culture back to that, rather than everyone being upset about every little thing about you yeah. did something ten years ago and they don't agree with you on it, and now they're gonna hold your feet to the fire. It's like
0: Eric, I, I love what you said earlier too, and it, it goes right into that authenticity. You know, some people think that all franchises, uh, hate to use the expression, you know, cookie cutter, you know, where they're they're all exactly the same. You're allowed in a franchise system. You being the franchisor can give people some flexibility. And I love that you give the flexibility on the music. It sounds like there's some flexibility on which of the cookies you're picking every day. You just get to pick. You have to have the, at least 12 every day, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, so- and, and there are some that you can rotate differently based on what region or area you're in, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So, uh, I was with Krispy Kreme Donuts a million years ago. We were the second franchisee. And, uh, you know, maple was one of those things, like a maple donut. Nobody ate on the West Coast. You know, I was in Las Vegas. And, uh, but then all of a sudden people started asking for it. Maple became popular. So, guess what? Took out the recipe card and started making, making maple donuts as one of the options. So, it's crazy how that happens, right? And taste change.
1: Yep. Yep. We actually went to a Krispy Kreme at, uh the San Juan mall yesterday because uh, they were telling me about about what type of numbers they were doing and they're looking at putting a cookie plug in the mall there. So,
0: yeah, no, no doubt. Malls, malls are a good spot. So when you look at the cross section of people that you brought into the system that you got to meet, what do you notice they all have in common? You got a lot of people signed up putting their hard earned money into a cookie plug. What, What do they have in common? All these franchisees.
1: Um, I, th- I would say that they all just wanted something a little bit more outside of everything else that's out there. I, I, when I talked about it, everyone's just like, "I love how the brand is so much different than anything else out there. It's not, it's not even close." And that, that that's what they all—that's, that's been the common theme of, uh, of everyone is just like, we, "We love it. We love how it makes some people mad. We love how, how it makes some people uh, dance, right?" Like that. <laughs>
0: So you have, I would also imagine there's pretty uh, a pretty wide age gap. You probably have some really young franchisees that borrowed money from family, perhaps, and really wanted to do this badly. And then you have, you know, probably some older folks out there too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I would say this from um, the diverse background of, of, of people that that have that have bought into the brand that that I wouldn't necessarily have have uh, thought that they would have taken interest into it. Uh, they have. And and so that's been pretty cool too, of how it, the more everyone tries to say we're different, the more we're all, we're all the same. And and that, that's what I think hip hop does really well. is like, it brings different cultures, it brings different cultures together.
0: Yeah. So what's, uh, what's next? Who, who do you have? How has your team grown through this process? Because I mean, shoot, with just 23 corporate locations and all these franchises opening, got to have a hell of a team at this point.
1: Sure, yeah. So fortunately, I, I think that's actually a blessing that we have the 23 corporate locations because we had a lot of people that that are homegrown with us that understand the brand, that understand how we do things. That um,
0: that's awesome.
1: Have the mentality of zero compromise and are willing to. And now it's a great opportunity for them to grow into other into other roles and take on bigger role, um, and then help them accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. Um, so we we have a lot of people that have come out of our corporate stores that are like, what do you need? uh let's do this um and they all so we we've been building uh training teams and so since they already know it right like it's already there right so obviously And that,
0: and and by the way sorry to cut you off but that's I do do want to talk about that next is talk about your training what's required of all new franchisees as well as you know what you're obviously doing for marketing obviously you have a unique brand that stands out which certainly helps right. as well
1: Well the training we, we, we do a lot of hands on like um, we we visit so far. We visited every location before before they uh, open. Um, we help them through that. And then prior to that, uh, the franchisees come out to the stores. Um, depending on their experience level, they spend three to five days in our corporate stores um, learning the process. And then the week of grand opening, we go out there. So we've been doing our soft openings on Thursdays, grand opening on the Saturdays. So we show up on the Monday before we help them prep we help them go through. We, we, we do baking. We, um we do the soft opening helps them get ramped up. And then we stay until the following Monday. So normally we're there for like a 10 day period to help them um, get going. And that's kind of worked out pretty well.
0: Love it. Love it. Talk about marketing now. So obviously the uniqueness of what you do and how much you stand out, how are you getting the word out these days? Obviously social media, you have very, uh, a great great visual products to look at that people go, wow, I want that.
1: Yep, yep. So um we're definitely really heavy on uh, sponsored ads on on social media. Um and we're we're right now we're currently working on getting billboards in um in all the locations in all the the cities that we're gonna that we're have locations on.
0: You said um, getting what? Billboards. Billboards yeah, so
1: Saturday, Saturday, so very Friday. good. And then there's a ton of influencers that love to, that 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 are always reaching out to work with us. So, um, so those I'm I'm very particular on because I want to most of the time influencers just want free stuff. Yeah. Um. So just being picky on that and and also like who who they are and what they represent, right? Because I, I mean I think it's important. Um, even though they might have a million followers if they're if they're not on brand of the cookie yeah. plug, then they don't that don't matter to me. Yeah,
0: you got you got to find great people to partner with. And, and and you got a great head on your shoulders. So you know that for sure. So uh, final thoughts, words of wisdom for the audience. I mean, look, I talk to people all day as a franchise broker. They're like, I don't know how I know which is the right franchise for me. And obviously, I take them through my process. But man, you guys are unique. You guys are fun. You guys are low cost. You know, uh, there's a lot of people, you show them a home services brand, they're like, ew, that's not sexy. I don't want to do that. And people love the food business because it's a fun, they think it's a sexy business. Would yeah. you say it's a hard business to operate?
1: Look, I, I would say I'm, the business, what, what do I say? I say it's, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Like we made it so simple to operate, but you got to be willing to do the work right? Like, and I think that's what people, most people just in general think they could just come and throw a hundred grand at it, open it up and think that it's just all going to happen for them. And it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta do the work. You have to inspect, inspect what you expect. It's like, you have to set the tone for your team, right? Like those are the things that that, that are really important to me. Like I, I would, anyone, any franchise, potential franchisee that's going to come across to me as an absentee owner, I just say no, right? Cause, cause I think there's, that's gonna damage the brand. So um to me it's important, like, okay, yeah, you're you're experienced and yeah, you have great people in place, but you gotta show me and maybe uh those processes all get in place in 30 days, 60 days. But if you think that you're just gonna we're gonna build a location and this is gonna be all sunshine and rainbows after uh after that, that that's I don't think that's real life and, and I think that's short-sighted.
0: Yeah. So are they are are a lot of the investor types hiring managers or you're just not allowing unless they're not you you want them to participate for a period of time right
1: yeah yeah definitely and um like we down in texas we got a we got a guy he owns a bunch of subways and he introduced us to his manager and and i feel comfortable with that with him having him do that and um so i would just say it's case by case basis like we just got to feel comfortable i think we got to get to know each other and understand um like here's the thing, right? Like everyone has holes in their games and people just need to know where those holes are. Um, yeah. And so if if someone isn't aware enough to know where their holes are, then I think we have, we have bigger problems. But.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, Eric, uh, any final thoughts for today for the audience? You've uh, delivered some great
1: information. So I
0: love sharing your story.
1: Appreciate it. Um. Yeah. I mean, if you want to come over and uh, anyone that wants to come over and win, and uh, be the anti-culture of cookies, like the, that's the cookie plug, right? Like as you mentioned, it's a low cost, um, it's a simple operation. But if we want to do the work, like let's win together. And I wanna, I wanna help. Uh, I only win if, if if my franchisees win, and and that that's that's not missed on me at any moment. Like um, anytime someone wants to talk to me a brand, like about my brand, like that, that's not missed. Like I I appreciate it. So I, I want to do whatever I can. Uh, kind of what you mentioned early, earlier is like I don't take it lightly that anyone gave me money to to, to to invest in my brand. Like that that I don't take that lightly at all. Uh, people are counting on me. People 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 um, invested their their hard earned money and and the the very least I could do is 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 help them win with with all I can, right? Like and and I always say as we're growing, right? People always start um, talking about limitations or what can you do, and I'm like look, those are your limitations. Keep them like we're, we're going to work our face off to make sure everyone is, is successful. Right. Yep. So you might got, you might have your limitations, but those are mine. So, so keep them over there.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Eric, you've been awesome. Eric Martinez, founder of cookie plug, what I'm, who I'm calling the cookie disruptor. Thanks again, Eric, for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for listening today. Please like, follow, and subscribe. This is Lance Kralik. Until next time.